0: I don't really know what it is. Like, when we talk about that sucking a billionaire's dick shit, I I say that, but like, I don't even really know. Like, your mental health might not be worth that billion. I don't know. Yeah. But but I will find out on the other side. I I don't, but I. (laughs) (laughs) That's a red flag.
1: It's a red flag. But I also think that there are people non-black artists that do quote-unquote black music that i wouldn't consider appropriating black culture you hear it all the time you know with the blue-eyed soul and is how... that the name for that shit that's a, yeah that's a term that like like i didn't make that term up that's something that's it's consistently it's a, been called that
0: it's a lot of talented fat white women out here fucking singing their goddamn asses off i i cannot contest with that i don't know how i feel about it Cause I I think honestly, I'm not allowed to publicly have an opinion on fat white women um, for obvious reasons, but I, (laughs) but I definitely, they, them motherfuckers can sing.
1: I think there's a distinct, but very fine line between cultural appreciation and appropriation.
0: I now actively have come to the conclusion that I reject almost the majority of the narrative I hear around what cultural appropriation is and where it is and is not um, reasonable. I think a lot of it is like Biting our nose despite our face type shit, where we're getting mm-hmm. mad at individual white people when we should be getting mad at a system that um that bars us from access to the benefits of our own culture, and it makes no fucking yeah. sense to me. A white person wearing dreads has zero fucking impact th- that individual on my capacity to move through the world through the world as a black man with locks. It had th- the two are totally fucking unrelated. It's you yeah. know it's you it's you getting mad at your sibling because your parent beat you type shit. It it's, it makes no fucking sense. That's my view. So I'm I'm curious yeah. where that line falls for you.
1: I think I think that there are definitely some situations where it's a bit more murky, but I think that there are some situations where I think it's it's clear that somebody was just appropriating the culture without any love, without any without any respect, without any appreciation for it. So <laughs> that's a so, so that's like
0: a, that's a fact. And no, just before you get into that, let me welcome everybody yeah. real quick and then you, you make this point. Welcome everybody to waving the red flag, the number one cultural appropriation and dating podcast in the entire fucking universe. It's Eddie, it's Alvin. Josh is out sick for the moment. I was about to tell us uh why some white people are absolutely completely fucking bastardizing and disrespecting the culture.
1: Yeah, so It's not a hidden thing. You know, my Twitter is completely open. I use my real name on my my Twitter. So you can go find this shit. Mm. Post Malone's, a lot of Post Malone's music for me is a guilty pleasure, but Post Malone is 1 million percent cultural appropriation. Okay. And the reason I say that is because, you know, his claim to fame was being a white rapper, a white hip hop artist that kind of could sing a little bit, that kind of had some kind of punk influences in it. And then he gets on these interviews and he says, You know, if you really want to feel, don't fucking listen to rap. You know, rap doesn't have this emotion that all this other music is. Or Miley Cyrus. You know, Miley Cyrus literally got that big twerking and shit. And then, you know, when, when, you know, Hemsworth said that shit wasn't acceptable no more, she got to get on there and bastardize it and say, you know. Wait, Thor said that? No, the other one. I forget which one is Chris and which one is Liam. I think she's with Liam. The, oh, the lesser Hemsworth. Oh, right. Yeah. She was dating yeah. that
0: nigga. I forgot about that shit. Okay.
1: I mean, they're like married now or some shit. They're like committed. Um, Ain't she gay? No. Oh. Well, she could be. But she could be on the spectrum. Um. As, <laughs> Wait, as on the, I don't think you're supposed to say
0: on the spectrum like that. I don't think that's how you use that. Continuum? <laughs> I don't know. You just fuck around and call her? We, we she yeah. just make lettuce and cheese, you know, um, but I, That's but I see fair. what you mean. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so like they sad, get on, she on and, the spectrum,
1: <laughs> they get on here and they're, you know, they're using, you know, their hip hop or like rap phase to kind of talk about a, a dark place in their life. And like, I grew mm. out of that kind of shit or whatever. And you look yeah. at people that legitimately Justin, appreciate the culture. both of them. I no, I will say, I will say Justin Timberlake is actually an example of somebody that, always paid homage to his roots, you know, like, and I, and I say the same thing about Eminem when Eminem won mm. like his first big awards, he got up there and he thanked every black artist that made him. He okay. he, he rattled off, he rattled off a fucking list. Okay. You know, he, you know, the off quoted line, you know, let's do the math. If I was black, I would have so have, I ain't have to graduate mm. from Lincoln high school to know that like, like he, he owns that in a way that he's okay. fully aware of his position I don't think Post Malone and Miley Cyrus and Machine Gun Kelly are in Anywhere the, in the in same the, boat. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, is it is it, for you? Is it about an because and this is another issue that I've taken w- with this conversation and have kind of dismissed because it seems disingenuous from not from you but from other people where they say. You can't borrow without appreciating, but they don't actually give a fuck whether or not you do appreciate or not. It's still going to be labeled as appropriation, regardless of your level of appreciation for the culture. So that's one reason I dismiss it. The other reason I tend to dismiss it is that black people don't appreciate black culture most of the time. Like, the majority of niggas with locks do not have any spiritual connection to the history of what that is. And you can name that for any of multiple different practices that come from the diaspora or within our own cultures. We don't know the history of shit because we're doing it because the shit is cool. That's why everybody is doing it. Now, I guess it is fair to say white people can move past shit in a way that black people can't. So that's a privileged thing. Mm -hmm. But rappers don't want to be rappers. Rappers try, every black rapper tries to move past rap themselves.
1: I think if you really look at it, most rappers stay rappers. I think there was a weird phase where okay. rappers thought that they couldn't be cool and be an old rapper. Because rap that is true. such a new because rap is such a new genre like the oldest rappers are like in their late 60s. And I think we've moved past that point. I mean, Jay-Z literally mm. reinvented his sound and his subject matter in you know, in his what early 50s. Oh yeah. Most of our rappers are older than we think, man. Like there's a new old head wave, man. Like, the Griselda Rapper niggas that I love, okay. I love all of them. Conway the Machine, Benny the Butcher. They're almost 40, man. And, like, they just got hot, like, two years ago. <laughs> and they're, like, doing, like, old man, like, like, I was in the streets, like, you know, now I'm a rapper. And now I'm kind of settled down, kind of okay. rapping. I love all of that shit. Okay. I can, that. Gibbs, I can see that. Freddie Gibbs is my favorite rapper right now. Gibbs is, what, 34, 35? 34 and
0: 35 ain't
1: that, that, that ain't that old, though. For, that ain't for that rap, old. For rap, like you used to, you used to hear rappers on track saying that, like, if I'm still rapping, I'm 30, I failed. True. I guess.
0: I yeah. No, nah, you're right. You're right. It's a lot of. Ooh, that's a complicated one because I feel like my litmus test. Because I've said this before, I think that rapping past the age of 25 is corny. If you haven't already made it, if you've made it, then cool. Jay Z, I have no issue with because the nigga made it when he was 19, so you can rap for as long no, as didn't. you want or whatever the, the fuck. I don't come, know.
1: 20, 27. Okay, his first cool. album came out. When he was
0: twenty seven. Damn, for real? He looked young as shit in some of these pictures that yeah. I'm looking at. That nigga was twenty seven. I'm I'm thinking of him with his the first, big his first chain. verse.
1: Looked... Yeah, his first okay. verse was that Hawaiian Sophie. I want to say he was twenty six when that dropped with, with Jazz. But no, reasonable doubt came out. when he Was twenty seven. Okay, Gary V might he, be right. And, and, and that was a problem. And that was a problem. Okay. Like people were like, "You're too old to be a rapper."
0: That I kind of agree with that, but this is, I think you can retroactively make your failures into successes if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, if you yeah. can say, you know, nobody believed in me, but I made it, then it kind of erases all of that, you know, mediocrity that you had before. But I know yeah. so many 50 year old niggas that never became anything and they could freestyle their asses off at a barbecue and they just are not shit because they never, they never focus themselves into anything and it's super fucking corny. So when I think of the age that's appropriate for a person to no longer be a rapper, it's like, when is it no longer cute to be on your hustle and have nothing to show for it? That's that's kind of my view.
1: All of the rappers that I legitimately enjoy that are rapping past the mid 30s are doing a certain type of rap. And it's more like this mafioso made man. Like, I, you know, I did that street shit and now I'm like enjoying the fruits of that. Mm hmm labor or you know they're doing you know cocaine raps but it's cocaine raps about shit that I did in like you know 1998 like Pusha <sighs> T you know I, what I mean yeah he has not he has not moved a bird in probably 20 years and that's all he still raps about and I don't it's, give a fuck cause, I, cause I fuck with that it's like a history yeah. lesson more than it is anything
0: what is a bird by the way is that is that a unit of drugs what
1: is that yeah it's uh, uh, we can call it colloquially a key
0: Okay, wait. Are, are they not both colloquial terms? Is or yeah. is
1: bird metric? I mean, I mean bird. I mean, a a key is 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 a metric term. You know what I mean? So like, like that is a, a a measurement.
0: I don't think that's what they. But it, but it's short it's for like a key, kilo. It's a, key,
1: a key is a kilo. Yeah. Which is
0: which is also still short for a kilogram. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So it's refried slang. All right, I got it. But yeah, but but to 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 the point of all of that, I, why why is paying homage so important why why is that even a line in the sand because i don't think people within a culture do that
1: i think i also think that we have to take out the twitter sphere and like the tumblr crowd and the reddit crowd from what real people think is appropriation i think most people have a much
0: i think most people don't have this conversation at all
1: i i i agree but so with that caveat, we can get back to the conversation. I just need okay, to po- yeah. point that out for myself. Yeah, this is like
0: appropriation is not something that it, no anyone gives a fuck about outside of TikTok, academia, Twitter, whatever you want to like that. Exactly. It's not a conversation yeah. otherwise. So we're only talking about them agree. anyway. Okay,
1: exactly. Just just want to point that out. Yeah. But for me, I think that if you're paying homage and you're not and you're you're not saying that this is something that I 100% created, you're always saying that I'm drawing from this culture and this influence to deliver something that I myself enjoy, I think that matters. But back in the day, you know, if you were like the Rolling Stones, the Rolling Stones always tell you who they stole from, but did they pay any of those people? Absolutely not. So people would, you know, die hungry and Howling Wolf, they stole a lot of his shit. That motherfucker died poor. Mm. You know, Chuck Berry, people were stealing all his shit. These motherfuckers were dying poor. I do not give a shit about
0: about the individual crime of cultural appropriation any more than I give a fuck about, like, soccer moms recycling the the responsibility lies on larger institutions when it comes to climate change or whatever the fucking issue is so when it comes to cultural appropriation i don't care about the fact that white TikTokers are doing dances that they took from from black children i'm curious as to why there are not instruments in place to allow these black children to copyright protect patent and then profit off of the things that they create i'm much less i'm much more interested in that than individual behavior but in the example that you gave i'm like so so then when we think of elvis and the rolling stones i guess i'm like hmm, is the criminal there elvis slash rolling stones for stealing something or is it a systemic issue because there was no system in place for that theft to even be legally recognized as theft
1: why can't it be both? I think there can be an institutional yeah. like yeah. responsibility as well as an individual responsibility. I think that's how yeah. I think that's how most things operate. There's an individual morality component as as well as an institutional component for so many things.
0: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Rape is wrong. And also the laws need to be clear. That's yeah, that's yeah. That's, a, that's a fair point. Um, my whole view around appropriation has pretty much centered on finance. I think that's the only way I've been able to make any of it make sense and have clear boundaries that the line is access to capital or financial benefit, as long as you're not making money off of it as a non-member of the culture, then pretty much anything is fine. But now I'm starting to question that based on what you said and the fact that like, we know for a fact there's a lot of things that have value outside of money or things that can have value but then get converted into money way, way, way down the track. You could release a whole hip hop album for free as a white woman release it all on youtube never monetize and get famous as fuck off that and then two years later turn that into only fans and it's like hmm well you kind of you built the brand off of something you know you didn't directly monetize it but th- that that kind of thing so it's or, just, or put yeah. it out
1: for free or put it out for free get famous off of it and then put it on spotify apple music later on and it blew- yeah later on and you look at drake with you know thinking so far gone and like all this shit you know what like um, oh yeah um care package care package when he all this shit had been, you know, available for years, puts it on fucking Spotify, blows up. He's getting his fractions of a cents per spin, per spin.
0: You know, speaking of old rappers, though, man, if we have if we end up getting, you know, 200 year old rappers and shit, do you I- think you'll still be listening to them? if you're if you've lived that long as well?
1: I honestly would say I don't know. I don't I don't want the same shit I wanted two months ago. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to live the same life really? I want to live two months ago. Yeah, I don't really know how much what I want has really changed, but
0: maybe that's a lack of maturity. I don't know.
1: I don't know, man. I don't think it's a lack of maturity. I just think everybody's different. I was in my MBA program. I told people point blank period, you pay me enough, I can do what the fuck ever. Hmm. I was like, if you pay if you pay me enough, I hour, work 18 hours a day. What I did not fully understand was that all 18-hour <laughs> days are not equivalent. And I tell people this all the time. If you had asked me something like a year ago on what my tolerance was for something for the money, I would have told you something completely different than where I'm hmm. at right now. Because I completely
0: fucking agree. There is so much shit that I thought I wanted something. And it's not that I stopped wanting that thing. It's that I never understood what that thing was. I tried to not say shit like what you were saying. Like, I'll do anything for this amount of whatever. Because I'm like, like, I don't really know what it is. Like, when we talk about that sucking a billionaire's dick shit, I I say that. But, like, I don't even really know. Like, your mental health might not be worth that billion. I don't know. But but I will find out on the other side. I, I don't. I'll, but I <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'd rather be a, rather be a billionaire and figure it, and figure out that it wasn't worth it than the other way around. Shit, I don't
1: know. Hey man, you want to cry in that Toyota or that Maybach, man? You know, <laughs> yeah, work exactly. The Freddie Gibbs. Yeah. Work to Freddie Gibbs.
0: Therapy is fucking expensive, bro. I've been wanting to do therapy for forever. That shit costs a goddamn arm and a fucking leg, man. Even over there. For for a foreigner,
1: yes. Okay, that's fair.
0: For for them, no. It's it's quite nigga, everybody doing it. It's ain't it's nothing. I'm just going, You you y'all good? Y'all you, you you happy, huh? Yeah, you happy as shit, aren't you? Okay. Everybody's just walking past me going to and from therapy and I'm like, Oh god. I guess I'll just I don't over, know, how much is a bottle of wine?
1: Over here, I wanna let everybody know that if you're in a city or a major metropolitan area, you almost always have sliding scale options from, you know, go buy your income to free. You're probably gonna have to wait three, four weeks. That's That's just what it is.
0: And this is, this is, I I think part of my view on the therapy shit is like, I have an imagined version of what I think useful therapy is because when we were in university, I actually did. And, and interestingly enough, back to what I was saying about being in that dark place, I did maybe 15 straight sessions with this woman on campus. And that literally was like the beginning point. Like it did, I didn't bring me all the way there, but it was just that little, that little push towards the cliff that got me rolling in the right direction to, to, to come out of it. So I owe her that lady a lot. I don't think that she did anything magical, but literally just going in there every day to like look at the problem made a huge fucking difference. And I probably would have never like you and I would have never became friends if, if, if I hadn't started that process. So, or, or if I hadn't, you know, w- went to this lady, but that's my imagining of what therapy is, which is like a regular maintenance process with another person. And so when I imagine things that people are people like, Oh yeah, I'm going to therapy. Like I go every three months, For like an hour session that seems like basically nothing when i was when i was younger like i don't know maybe 17 18 19 i did see a a psychiatrist and they immediately prescribed like antidepressants that type of shit or or um yeah i think it was antidepressants or something like that and i never took them like i just said i was taking them but i never took them and i just stashed them away and threw them away and My thinking at the time was I did not want to, I did not want to become functionally dependent. And I don't mean like physically like addicted. I just mean unable Mm -hmm. to, to, to function without this thing, because I couldn't imagine what financial stability looked like in my future. So that was part of it. I was like, I don't want to put myself in a position where if I can't have this medication, my brain won't work. Um, and I would rather go down a path to get there through processes that process probably took me three years and really that that three years was really just like the last six months so with that in mind i'm glad i'm glad i didn't do it i'm like i'm 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 very glad for where i am i mean i don't know maybe i would have been better off if i had i don't know but um i'm very glad i didn't i didn't medicate
1: i think i think we need to be and, and, I'm, and I'm glad you're where you are. And I think that your story is important because I think that we need to be a lot more ad hoc with mental health solutions than we are. Some people don't need medication. Some people don't. Some people can with with appropriate therapy and resources work through it without that. However, I, we always push back on people with your mentality that we knew needed medication when I worked for the program and my um yeah my my associate director well my my deputy director would always tell this story she was um type one diabetic and she would say i am dependent on this medication she said i need this to live if i don't have this i will die i have to take it every single day and i need that to ensure my quality of life this medication i don't care what you feel about it you are going to spiral you're in this program for a reason you need this medication every single day. You yeah. need compliance. So while there are some people that we need to acknowledge that don't need that level of medication compliance, there are also certain people that we need to recognize do need it. And they do need it. And they do need it every day. They may yeah. need it for the rest of their lives. And they need to find some comfort with that just the same way that diabetics have to find comfort with needing insulin. Or yeah. people with certain heart issues have to find comfort with needing a stent or a pacemaker. You know, it's it's very similar.
0: See, I'm I'm. That makes it that that, that makes sense to me if there is no other option. And yeah.
1: so yeah, I'm obviously
0: I'm I'm choosing my words because I don't want to be responsible and tell niggas yeah go off your medication whatever the fuck. Uh, my my view is if I think we're too quick to prescribe shit. With the idea that everything is the result of an imbalance and not the result of a, of a misarranged life when i think a lot maybe even most of it is the result of a misarranged life but i talked to this nigga for 2 seconds and he and he prescribed me something yeah that makes no fucking sense to me especially given the fact that i'm i'm cooler now
1: yeah i agree with you and it's and, and again it goes back to that whole like mentality where you know therapy sessions are hard therapy sessions are costly so a lot of times medication is is something that they use to get out of the work and that's mm-hmm. not always their individual fault sometimes that's that's institutional pressure sometimes that's the fact that like they're overrun and sometimes medication is the easy way out so i agree with you but i do think that people need to let the professionals make that determination and not always make it themselves and i do think that and i also think that yeah. within within your power switch your therapist switch your provider
0: yeah see this is this is man i'm i'm I am hyper distrusting of doctors. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but I really dislike doctors like as a, as a group. Um, and I'm, and I say that as somebody who's not, I wouldn't say I'm a hypochondriac, but I'm definitely more, um, like health cautious, not even necessarily health conscious, but health cautious. than 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 in my understanding, the average person is, and especially the average male, because I think men do not attend to their health. Um, As much as their female counterparts and i would say i attend to my health a lot like i go to the doctor at least once a year i go to the dentist at least once a year and in doing that i have grown a disdain for the dismissiveness with which doctors proceed but the number of times i have had a doctor literally just dismiss a concern that i have because i'm seem to be in relatively good health because i'm not fat or i'm not old or i don't have a chronic disease at the time Man, yeah, you got to shop around to find a, a doctor, and I can't even imagine shopping around to find a, a fucking therapist. That's such a personal experience.
1: I agree. The last one I went to, and I went for a specific reason, but we just had a conversation, and that shit was refreshing. Like she asked me oh, really yes. specific questions, yeah, um, and some of them were probing, and some of them I kind of got um, <laughs> I was in a different place, man. I got kind of defensive yeah. on some of them. Like she asked me, <laughs> <you> um, say? <laughs> so she was going through the checklist. She was like. She was like, you drink, right? I was like, yeah. She was like, about how much? I was like, a lot. (laughs) Yeah. She was like, what's a lot? She was like, what's a lot? Quantify it for me. I said, whatever you think a (laughs) lot is personally, probably up that about 50%. And that's about how much I drink. And she was like, I need you to give me, like, a drink figure. So, like, I'm getting defensive. I'm like, oh, so you're going to make me say it? Like, you going to make me say it? Like, you going me... <laughs> to make me admit I'm an alcoholic, bitch? Really? Yeah, like, <laughs> that's what you going
0: to do? Was... I told you, it's a lot. It's really none of your business.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was shit that happened, and she's like, like, so we yeah. had a conversation. So, so... yeah. Having those kind of com- those kind of conversations to really get to the nitty gritty of like stuff that impacts the health, especially younger people, because a lot of times mm. it's harder to tease that out. You have to find somebody that's going to be willing to do that. And sometimes you stumble upon it. But usually it has to be very deliberate.
0: So I, I regularly or at least when I was sexually active, probably every four to maybe seven months, I would go to to get like a STD test to just, you know, see where I'm at. I always want to know. So the way they do it is no good. No news is good news. Right which I've always thought is the dumbest fucking system possible because it's like there's so many fucking ways I could accidentally get no news. You know what I'm saying? Like, nigga, call me either way, motherfucker. That's crazy as shit. Like, hey, if you don't hear from us, that means you're clear. Motherfucker, like, anything can happen, bro. Like, what if y'all lost my number? What if I typed the wrong number in? What if my fucking email gets shut down and is full? Like, there's a million different ways a message cannot get to me. There's only one way a message can get to me. So if it doesn't, then I, anyway, that, that irritates yep. me. And so they give me a call. So they're like, hey, can you come in? So I'm like, fuck, that's, you know, that's bad news. I come in and they're like, hey, so um, we have this marker. On you for I think it was like syphilis or some shit. It wasn't syphilis, but it was some shit like that. And they were like, We have this marker on you for syphilis. And I was like, okay. And she was like, but the marker could be associated with um the booster shot that you would have gotten when you were a kid.
1: Yeah. So, so my guess is you're talking about one of the help, one of the help. Oh mac- yes, mac- yes, mac- yes,
0: that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, she was like, so I was like, Does that mean I have it? And she was like, Well, it means that you could potentially get it. And I was like, okay, but so do I actually have the thing? And she's like, well, you could also could have it. And so I'm like, what the fuck? And then, so she's like, hold on, let me call the other doctor. So then the other guy comes in and he's like explaining it to me. And I'm like, what the fuck does this mean? And he's like, well, it could mean one of four different things. And I'm like, what? So then he takes me to another room and starts Googling shit to pull up a chart which is like the inside of some fucking doctor's textbook. I'm like, what the fucker? This is, why didn't you do this before I got here, nigga? He was like, well, it could mean, so it could mean one of four things. It could mean you never got the immunization for this disease. It could mean you got it, but it wore off. It could mean uh, you got it and it wore off and you got the fucking disease. Or it could mean that you got it, got the disease, and it's just causing... A flare-up of the antibodies but you're actually not sick it can mean any four of those things i was like okay so what the fuck do we do nigga and he's like well you could get this other test and that would clarify it and narrow it
1: down to two of these and i was like nigga then why didn't you start with that right so what happens and this is for the listeners just so all you know when you get most like six things they do what's called a screen So a good screen is supposed to make it so that you don't get false negatives, but that means that you're very likely to get false positives. Mm. So they're supposed to just when you get that, even if you get a positive, what they're supposed to do is immediately go to the more robust testing, which is typically something that they can't do as fast and something Mm. that costs a lot more. And there are ways to 100% say that you have help or you don't have help. Usually the initial screen is not that. So they should have just did that. They should have just said, it may be something, it may not be, come in for the real test, and then we'll tell you what what you have and don't have in two days. That's simple.
0: Yes. Nigga, I was having to ask them, what do we do? And they were like, well, you could do this. And I'm like, well, then, nigga, let's do that. And that will give me... <laughs> like what the fuck am i a fucking doctor why am i fucking ikea assembling this fucking diagnosis you fucking stupid piece of shit this is the shit that pissed me off so i i have to now instruct and manage them in doing their fucking job (laughs) it took two fucking doctors to give me half a diagnosis which was super fucking irritating because the first bitch i had to be like what are you talking about and then she had to call in the other guy to also not know what the fuck he was talking about so then i'm like okay so in the meantime while i'm waiting for this do I have the fucking thing? Do I need to tell my partners? And this motherfucker was like, your partners, eh? Like, he was, like, giggling. like, And I was like, what the fuck? Like, highly unprofessional. And oh either either reason that you're laughing is insane oh here. Because, <laughs> first of all, either you're saying I don't fuck, which that's super inappropriate, or you're laughing that I do fuck, which is also fucking inappropriate. Like, wild as hell. And so he was like, "Well, you could." And I'm like, "Motherfucker! Like, you're supposed to. Like, do you not give a shit about public health? I, nigga, I may or may not have hepatitis C, and you just like, well, nigga, you know." Do, oh my do what fucking you god, like, man! Oh my god, that. And but that type of shit happens frequently, and like argumentative doctors who are like, they're not listening to what your curiosities are. They're just like, I'm an expert, therefore I'm going to browbeat you with whatever I think is the case
1: yeah i hate these niggas so i have six nephews and my sister who's the aunt is a very involved aunt so mm-hmm. she frequently will take them to the doctor she's taking well shit even me all of us to the doctors and she's a nurse
0: okay
1: so she knows oh, what the fuck okay. she's talking about okay yes and she doesn't tell them that she's a nurse so they just think that she's mm-hmm. some kind of like crazy parent or whatever. This doctor was just like such a fucking asshole, yeah. and he was like, "That's not what it is." But we'll go on ahead and test him. Mm-hmm. We'll go on ahead and do what mom wants. Like on this, on this whole, like I'm the, the expert, fucker. and I don't think this is what it is. Kind of bullshit. And then he goes and runs the test and comes back and is just like, "Yeah, so um, <laughs> quiet." Yeah, it's, it's it is what you said it is. So we'll go ahead and get that prescription <laughs> uh, prepared for you. Yeah. Uh, hope that the little guy gets better. And um. You guys have a good day. So like, that's I, that's my favorite. When, I hope like, the fuck he in, does.
0: You almost killed him, you motherfucker. Yeah, I'm glad. Exactly. <laughs> I hope he does. Thanks what to they do? me. Yeah, I hate that shit about doctors. And this is why why I love my current doctor, because while he obviously is an expert and is much smarter than me, he manages to not be, and it's a, it's a it is a difficult balance in some ways. He manages to speak with authority on what it is that he knows, effectively listen to what I'm saying, explain shit to me, Without um, treating me as if I'm stupid, but also not assuming that I know shit that you have to be a doctor to know. And like the combination of those four things is fucking potent and is a difficult balance to hit. I mean, not really if you're like a decent human being with some level of emotional intelligence, honestly, because we're all experts in something relative to someone else. It's actually a skill that almost everybody has. It's not that difficult, but it does seem to be a struggle for finding it in doctors. I appreciate the fuck out of that type of shit. But doctors scare me because their arrogance kills motherfuckers. The number of you yeah. know when you talk about those black people's like symptoms not being like black women's pain not being uh, respected and shit or, or acknowledged.
1: Man, they did they did studies on doctors like medical students not that long ago, and they effectively thought that black people had thicker skin and that they had higher pain tolerance. And that's so that was a survey of. That was a study of medical students.
0: And that's, that is false, right?
1: That is 100% false.
0: Okay, just double checking. Because I've heard that one too, and I was just like, I mean, I don't fucking know. I yeah. mean, it seems like it could be a thing that's possible. Like, there are some no, racial wait. facts that are, like, we do have darker skin. I mean, that is that is true, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, there there there, there are definitely, like, racial differences that come into play physiologically. There are Like, we do get keloids, tr- so I don't tr- tr- know. You trends, know what I mean? a, trends are, or, or um, black men tend to have higher lean muscle mass.
0: On okay.
1: Then, then, uh, so there are things that like matter. You got but, that like, quick
0: twitch. That quick twitch. There's the fast twitch, and then the slow yeah. twitch. There's a the quick twitch. We got the
1: quick twitch. But think about what it means when you have medical students at prestigious U.S. medical colleges that think that you, as a black person, have much higher pain tolerance than a white person. What yeah. that means, like, if you actually are in pain and they won't give you pain medication, how that impacts your your quality of service.
0: I think I struggle sometimes with finding the correct, I, I shouldn't even say I struggle with, I am uncertain what the correct balance of assertiveness is before it becomes domineering. And so there are situations where I find myself being too aggressive, but then there are situations where I regret having not been more aggressive later on. So when I hear a story like your um, your sisters, it was a sister, yes? Yeah. that I That type of shit really inspires me, people who are like, no, I know my shit, And my willingness to bulldoze through people who would attempt to undermine my truth or my authority, my ability to do that will literally save the lives of the people that I care about. It'll make sure that my nephew, my brother, whatever gets diagnosed correctly, quickly and efficiently, where it might've taken two months or we might've tried the wrong course of of treatment for something that was simple. And I just that's something that I really want to cultivate because I do think that, that that is a literally a life-saving fucking skill and people's lives get ruined because of their weakness in the face of authority. You know what I mean? A doctor tells you one thing, you go, okay, you know? Or not, a, it could be a million other things, a police officer or yeah. whatever, just all of that type of shit where you're just like, your inability to, to confront, your inability to conflict, your inability to say no because you're afraid that you might be wrong or you're afraid that um, that you don't know what you're talking about can get you fucking killed and the fucked up thing is it'll get you killed and they'll say that you asked for it afterward they'll say that this is what you wanted you know what I mean because you never said oh no I don't this is not what you didn't fight and that just terrifies. like I going out swinging that's one thing but if I go out and yeah. niggas are like yeah he died doing what, what he loved he died motherfucker no I didn't I didn't. like I didn't I didn't want this to happen to me you know that, that kind of shit or god forbid a loved one yeah
1: I think the thing that helps me with that is one for various reasons, I don't assume that any doctor is inherently smarter than me. So I yeah, think okay. that being smart I think that being smart is a sufficient like quality to get you through medical school and for you to become a doctor, but it's not necessary. You can you can en- endurance race yourself to a medical degree. You can most high level education opportunities in my opinion are endurance races. Mm. Are you willing to like endure this situation long enough to make it to the finish line? If you're smart, it helps. And I do think that the vast, vast majority of doctors are very intelligent people. But Mm -hmm. I don't think that you're inherently super smart vis-a-vis somebody who's like, you know, a regular, uh, you know, a regular, regular person just because you are a doctor. I think you are a smart person that just so happens to be a doctor. You're not smart because you're a doctor. Um, so that helps me, and I'm very comfortable in my own intelligence, and I've cultivated my intelligence in such a way that like, I feel like I can hang with anybody in virtually any room in virtually any conversation. So that helps me, but I do firmly know that I'm not a doctor, so I always ask, I always put things in question form. You know I mean? Mm. I'm not telling you anything. I'm asking you an intelligent question, and I want you to give me an intelligent response. For clarification, um, yeah. Exactly. So that helps me navigate the situation. And it hasn't, it hasn't failed me much in my adult life with doctors.
0: So so one, I would say, I think I would, I would, I would concede that you're a smarter man than me. And I think that you've also cultivated that skill to a, like, whatever gap was there originally. I think you've also sharpened and honed that blade to probably double that anyway. So I'm a little bit doubtful of that. I would say most doctors that I'm talking to probably are smarter than me, but may, though though maybe not in in all the ways that count because you can be intelligence is a lot of different co- type of shit. You know what I mean? You can know a lot of things, and that doesn't Very necessarily mean that you can yeah. arrange your thoughts or or even remember something that's quite obvious. Because um, I definitely corrected doctors before, and they're like, "Yeah, okay, my fault. It's this and this," but. Does that apply to everything? Because I think this, this, this is a common problem that, that applies to doctors, but it do, it's not just to doctors. As a matter of fact, it's probably not even the most common area where this kind of shit happens. It's just the one where it's most clearly life and death. But frequently, like, you know, fuck, you're talking to, like, a landlord or fucking whatever, you know, or a police officer, and you're trying to know your rights or make sure that you're not fucked over in a situation, that kind of thing. Is it pretty much the same solution for you in all of those situations, or...
1: What? oh yeah man especially especially because like i worked for the court system man there was a there was a point where you couldn't tell me i wasn't a fucking public defender in my mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean they're like what what the fuck do you mean that was simple battery i don't think like, I'm just like, you, know, like... you
0: just finished beating somebody's ass in a bar and you're like <laughs> well habeas corpus ipso facto sir what the fuck is going on right now you are under arrest no but
1: yeah but like seriously like um just working in that in that job in that situation for that program like i got a pretty like enough to be dangerous kind of understanding of like georgia law so i definitely again just filling in certain gaps allowed me to at least ask questions in an intelligent manner that forced you to respond to me intelligently it forced you to think about what you were going to say to me
0: and now would you say and we'll close it out after this but would you say that questions are sufficient To assert yourself because the example that i think of the thing that reminds me always of the the like sacred value of the capacity to confront and in and where necessary dominate is that story of the man whose wife bled out during um during birth and she was in pain and he told the doctors to look at her and they ignored him and they ignored her and then she died and he was testifying in court with regard to, to um to racism in, in medicine, especially with regard to black women's pain. And I just remember looking at him both with sadness, but also disgust at his weakness. And I know that's not a kind thing to say, but I think if he were a stronger man, his wife would still be alive. And I'm not sure that I am the kind of strong man that I would, that I'm condemning him for not being. So, that, that, so that's mm-hmm. the, the framework for my question. Are yep. those questions that you talk about enough to function as assertion or or as a precursor to assertion in these situations
1: oh yeah especially especially dealing with doctors i think it's a little bit i think it's a little bit more difficult dealing with say like police officers but say like with a doctor in that situation hell yeah i can scare the fuck out of a doctor Mm. you know so, you know, like, oh, my my wife's in pain, my wife's dealing with this and oh, oh nothing's wrong. You know, nothing's wrong with her. Oh, so is nothing going to be wrong with her if I go tell, you know, 11 Alive News that you have a black woman here in pain that you're refusing to treat and you're refusing to diagnose? You know, is this going to be a problem if I go tell your colleague, if I talk to the charge nurse, if I talk to the dean of medicine, if I talk to this person, if mm-hmm. I talk to that person, if I do this? Um, is it going to be an issue if I do X, Y, Z? Like you can, you can strongly word questions to the point where. But see, you that's not a question, my nigga. Points. That's
0: a threat. <laughs> that's a, that's a threat with a question mark on it. That's a fine that's a-
1: line, fine line, fine line. When you when you need to be assertive. I, no,
0: I, 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 no, I agree, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying you gotta acknowledge that that's a totally distinct skill set. That's you switching from question curiosity, deferring to their intelligence, but asking intelligent questions mode to here's yeah. what needs to happen and here's how I'm going to get you to do it. Those are two very, very different sets of behaviors, and I'm saying, like, you gotta look at that and go, you're talking about a different set of behaviors, bro. Like, that's, that's not a question. That's a that's whole fair. different. That's me going, OK, now it's we're done with questions. Now I'm threatening you. You will see her or else.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And I do think that at some point you have to switch over when you're dealing with a situation where the severity is a little bit different. Like that's, it's a little yeah, bit different. than. That's me. what I'm trying to
0: figure out. When do you yeah. switch?
1: I think I think we all know when the severity. It. I, I don't feel like that's, that's the... I
0: don't feel like we do bro that's that's the whole basis of my question is that is so easy to not know and I, maybe you do but I'm confident in saying I definitely don't and I know most people definitely don't I think that most men and women find themselves in situations frequently especially when they live in a culture of politeness or whatever where they're not sure whether or not a situation has crossed from slightly irritating too dangerous. You know, it's a frog in a boiling pot of water situation. And I think a lot of people will polite their way into the grave. I see it happen all the fucking time where a person is not sure whether or not they're overstepping their rights. You know what I mean? You're, you're, in a, you're in a hospital line, right? There's 60 other people there, motherfuckers with bullet holes and all different types of shit, with sitting with band-aids on their head. And the doctors are dragging their fucking feet. And you're going... Do I need to assert myself to the front of this line and say, no, you need to see me now. I need to get into this place now. And and the only way you're getting rid of me is if you drag me out of here with a security guard. Do I need to do that? Or do I need to recognize that my pain is less than others? So it's a it's a balancing game between like being considerate and just being an absolute fucking psychopath in those situations. And I think a lot of people don't recognize what the line was until way later. And we, could, we could even get into the me too shit because I think that's connected too, where a lot of women are like, Hmm. Is this a situation where I scream and punch a person in the face and go, what the fuck is wrong with you? Or is this a situation where I freeze and think to myself, wait, did I imagine that? Did he just brush past me or did he push himself against me? I can't quite tell. So that's that's what I would say. I don't think the line is clear.
1: I think in general, I'd agree with you. I think sometimes with medical stuff. It's more clear than in other situations.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: I do think that with, yeah. with like interpersonal stuff, like, you know, with, with the last example you gave, I could see that being ambiguous, especially in the heat of the moment. Like, that's why you see like a lot of women don't, don't even realize they've, they've really experienced something that was harassment. So after the fact, because they're processing yeah. and then they think back at it and they're like, oh shit, you know, that's what actually happened.
0: Cause you don't um, want to be the crazy motherfucker who goes the fuck off and somebody's like, bro, that wasn't even me. You know what I mean? You you brushed up against the counter. I was on the other side of the room. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, I think that's a fear that a lot of people have of being angry and wrong, and so you defer to being right and then later on realize that you should have been angry. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's that's but yeah, with the medical shit, I guess. But I remember like when I when I dislocated my shoulder, I remember thinking this hurts a lot. It's not the most intense pain that I've ever had um but it's pretty close it's like probably like i would say a six which i would say is excruciating pain on a 10 mm-hmm. scale but i'm also trying to translate that to, the, to a doctor because they're going like on a scale of one to 10 and i'm like fuck man i like i don't know what your scale in your head means because to me six is is excruciating pain 10 yeah. means i want you to kill me you know what i mean that's what that like 10 is the worst i can imagine which would mean that if you gave me a gun i would shoot myself and so everything between like you know four and 10 is somewhere in there So I'm like, I'm thinking six and I go, "Mm, seven, you know, like I'm not going to die, I think. But I was literally sitting there like feeling this like pain enough to where it was difficult for me to arrange my thoughts. But I was still trying to be polite in that situation.
1: I also think that and this this is this is definitely getting off topic, but I say it all the time. I think people will react to the stuff that I say a lot differently if i were like a person that was more like emphatic and expressive like if i cried like i've said i've said that to people Mm. all the time i was like i was like you react completely different to what i just told you if i cried like if i like if i came to you and i was in tears you you think that this was you'd understand the gravity of what i just told you but because i told it to you the way i say shit you're not understanding the gravity of what i'm saying and that's something that I've like struggled with, like in, in like friendships and interpersonal relationships uh, for most of my life. Like I'm telling you something that I'll, I'll circle back. I remember um, when I was in undergrad, I had these um, these ladies that I was like, I got really close with them. We were really close my sophomore year. When you say ladies, what do you mean? After that. We were just friends. They were just women
0: <laughs> like of your age. Okay, because ladies is nigga, ladies means old ass ladies. Like, that's, I mean, or that's the implication. So I'm just like, are these lunch ladies? Are these, like, fair enough. yeah, what is this?
1: Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. But we got really close sophomore year. We didn't talk a lot after sophomore year, which, which I had to deal with also. But I tell them, like, very, like, deep personal stuff. Um, mm-hmm. stuff that, like, I hadn't really, like, told other people at that particular point in my life about how I was dealing with XYZ and i remember months later they were like alvin you're just so closed off you just you just don't open up to us you just don't tell them and i'm like, mm. I'm, like I'm like i just told you some deep personal shit man that like maybe like four people know but See? because i don't say it when i'm mm. crying so i feel like a lot of times that translates specifically to like medical stuff like when I dislocated my knee, it's like I'm not ho- I'm not hooping and hollering, you know. I'm not like fucking in tears. I'm like my kneecap is on the other side of my leg. My <laughs> kneecap is behind. I would prefer it not my be. Leg. I'm in excruciating pain. Um, can you help me? And they were like, no, he needs to go to triage. <laughs> The I remember the EMT had to like go to bat for me. He was like, he no, he doesn't need to go to triage. His fucking kneecap is like behind his leg, like just. just That's exactly
0: backwards. how I felt because I felt like, yeah. okay, cool, I can stifle my response to this pain, but this hurts a lot. Like I would really rather be unconscious right now. It's, it doesn't. It's it's it, like I said, it's a six. It's not an eight because if it was an eight, I I wouldn't be able to form a sentence. If it was a nine, I would I would be trying to self harm. If it was a ten, I would be literally trying to jump off of a fucking building. But it's a six and that's a lot, but I'm not emoting, but
1: you got to cry, man. That's what they want.
0: You got to cry. See, and this is interesting because I can, (laughs) I can, I can, Oh, that's so weird because, and I want to, I want to get back to talking about you, but like I can cry on command more or less, but I've never done that in any sort of social like setting. Cause I do think that somewhere in my head, I don't fuck with crying like i don't know exactly where it is but i don't fuck with crying like i cry at movies but i i have never in my like not never but
1: i don't think i've fuck
0: i don't think i've ever cried as an adult man in a social in like in a communication situation
1: in a communication situation no but i definitely go i go long periods without crying like years and years but i've definitely cried as an adult male
0: yeah. oh no i yeah no same it, it, yeah.
1: at, at least at least twice at least twice
0: what counts as cry? because like because i don't know if i've if there's a conversation with you or with josh but like i've said i cry at movies frequently like i like in a month i probably cry at least once and it's, it's one of two things it's either i cry in dreams a lot which concerns me and i cry at movies like i remember um <laughs> bruh, the last time i cried was it was a i was watching a marky mark trailer and the shit was in the background, bro. It wasn't even it wasn't even some shit I was actively <laughs> watching. I was literally cooking, and this nigga hit me with a line from his new movie. I think it's called like Joe Joe Bell or some shit like that. And it was just one line, and I was I was cooking, and I was like, ooh. <clears throat> and then I tried to like walk it off. I tried to just like do some other shit, and then I was like, yeah, I can't hold it in. And then I just sat down and started crying for about ten minutes. And I was like, damn. I guess I'm gonna go see that movie. I don't know, That's but because no <laughs> I wasn't even okay, paying Oscar attention to the, I wasn't even paying attention to the movie, bro. It was it was not playing. It was It caught one line of the shit. The nigga said, so like the plot of the movie is, from what I can tell of the trailer is, the nigga had a gay son. His son killed himself, and now he hallucinates his son as like a sort of background narrator to this journey of his life, um, acting mm-hmm. as like an advocate for gay teens. So his son is a character but as a figment of his imagination and the line in the in the trailer was the the nigga's son said to him um maybe if you walk for long enough and hard enough you can find your way back to me I was like nigga hold on now I don't think I can (laughs) finish I don't think I I don't think I can finish cooking like it's making me well up right now thinking about it like that's a hell of a fucking line and uh I wasn't even listening to what I just vaguely knew what the trailer was about and I was like god damn shit fuck and then I had to sit down and just cry for a bit.
1: That is pretty good though, shit. Yeah.
0: So that type of shit. But Okay, but I wanted to ask you about this. Do you ever feel like you, because I do feel like sometimes the thing, you complain about things from the perspective that other people are like you, not just that they should be like you, but I know that you know that other people aren't like you. I know that you are aware, at least intellectually, that you're quite different from a lot of people in at least some ways. Communication involves all of that shit. So like, if I tried to tell you to pass me, uh, I don't know, pass me the salt, but I spoke in Mandarin, you wouldn't be able to understand it. And I feel like mm-hmm. physical communication is kind of part of that. Do you, what's the texture of your frustration around that type of shit? Are you thinking, do you wish that you cried more? Did you wish that people just understood you without that crying? Have you ever thought about faking it in order to communicate what you mean to communicate, et cetera, et cetera?
1: No, so the way I've typically handled it is that I literally put that out there, and I've had that conversation like even with my girl, man, where I say, I want you to understand the gravity of what I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. I want you to understand how this is impacting me, and I want you to understand that I feel like you're downplaying the gravity of what I'm saying, because I'm not the person that's breaking down in front of you when I'm saying it. And I want you to understand that a lot of people would break down in front of you saying what I'm saying, but that's not how I'm, you know, able to express myself. I'm expressing myself to you how I'm doing it. So it's not something that I'm particularly frustrated on. It's just something where I have to be very deliberate in how I communicate, how I feel, because I understand that a lot of people aren't going to catch my drift just if I'm communicating it how I normally would communicate anything else.
0: Mm-hmm. And is that
1: does that work, I guess? or has that been? Um, mixed results, I'd say. Mm. this over because it's not anything that's that's new. I'd say over the course of my adult life, that's how I've approached it, and sometimes people are like, damn, you know, like you know I say I say mixed results is probably the best I could describe it.
0: Mm. Okay. Well, I think everybody, I think it's that time I think we'll close it out. Uh, This has been Waving the Red Flag Podcast. Uh, Let me see if I can think of some some outro shits. Uh, If you notice people not uh, understanding your emotion because they only understand it the way that they tend to emote, you may be seeing a red flag. But if you are in a doctor's office uh, and you're the doctor and you're not listening to what your patient says because you think that they're a thick-skinned Negro, then you are definitely waving a red flag. This has been Waving the Red Flag Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Patreon, TikTok. Peace.
1: It's a red flag.